Maybe. Hello, there we are. Okay, so if you're joining us here, we're glad you're here. If you're at home, uh, hello. Uh, the snow looks like it might have taken a few people out today, but uh, that's okay. So we're, uh, we're glad that you're here. So let's pray and worship the Lord together, together, uh, together today. Jesus, I thank you uh, that we can come. I thank you that uh, you're here, regardless whether there's a lot of people or a few people or a bunch of people. God, you, uh, you tell us that you, you come wherever we gather. And so we gather today in your name to thank you and to praise you, to give your offerings, our tithes, to, get, to take this, the Lord's Supper, uh, and then to listen to the word, God, and to let you impact our hearts. Just now as we get ready to worship, I pray, God, that you won't let anything impede that, that you will just uh, let us drop all the busy work, all the, the nastiness of our lives, and just drop it at, at your feet as we uh, stand here in just a second and we worship you. We love you and praise your name. Amen. Stand up, say hello to somebody that you, you might have to walk about a mile to go see somebody that you, uh, but go do that. And then uh, we'll, uh, oh, wh while, that, while we're doing that, uh, that guy carrying that donut there, he's, he's 71 today, Dave Sherfield. Happy birthday to Dave. Today, today is his big day. And he's still eating donuts, 71. I love that guy. He's my hero. All right, let's, uh, let's worship the Lord. Coming on the clouds, kings of kingdoms will bow down, and every chain will break, his broken hearts declare his praise, for who can stop the Lord Almighty? The God who comes to save is here to set the captives free. For who can stop the Lord Almighty? Our God is the Lion, the Lion of Judah. He's roaring with power and fighting our battles. And every knee will bow before him. Our God is the Lamb, the Lamb that was slain for the sin. Lord Almighty, who can stop the Lord Almighty? Who can stop the Lord Almighty? 
morning. Hi. Um, we invite you to sing this next song with us. It is King of Kings. In the darkness we were waiting without hope and without light till from heaven you came running there was mercy in your eyes to fulfill the law and prophets to a virgin came the word from a throne of endless glory to a cradle in the dirt praise cross for even in your suffering you saw to the other side knowing this was our salvation jesus for our sake you died jumbled in my thoughts and what I'm trying to say and it's like what if I say the wrong thing and I just I, I'm 
I overthink it. I, I have anxiety. This is who I am, you know, but, but today what I just kept thinking, um, last week I wrote a letter to myself, you know, to put in the wall because the last 10 years ago I didn't get to put anything. And so I was like, this year I am putting something in that wall. And something I kept typing to myself in my letter was, um, you know, God loves you. He's with you. He's with me now. He'll be with me 10 years from now. He'll be with me in 20 years and 30 years. And I just kept reassuring myself in 10 years that I was going to be okay. Like everything's going to be okay. But I'm thinking, why am I not doing that now? Why don't I remind myself of that now? You know, God loves me every single day, no matter how much I mess up, no matter how much I let my anxieties and all those things overwhelm me. And it's just, it was just really um, interesting to see how I just, like I said, kept reassuring myself in 10 years when I'm 38, I'm going to be okay. But I have to remind myself now as 28, I'm still going to be okay. And that God is amazing and he is good. And um, just sing this song with us. are saved find their way at the sound of your great name all condemned feel no shame at the sound of your great name every fear has no place Great. 
draw me close to you. Thank you for this day you've given us, and thank you for the snow. Thank you for everything that you do, and just keep reminding us how much you love us every single day. In your name we pray. Amen.
Test. Oh, hello. How's it going? You guys doing all right today? Good, good. I'm going to do communion here in a second. So if you want to go to our tables that are up here, and there's one in the back that has the little communion cups. I think those things are here to stay, you know? That seems to be working out really good. Have our offering up here. And um, before I get into communion, uh, I did want to say again and kind of reiterate what Brother Chris said last week, that we are short of money. It's just a fact. We, we can't really sugarcoat it. You know, we had to pay $3,500 in flood insurance that we're trying to make that go away and had to pay about, what was it, 6000 for the furnace. You know, we just don't, we didn't have that much to start with, you know. Our uh, staff hasn't had a raise in a year and a half from this, uh, in this terrible um, inflation environment. So I'm not going to sugarcoat it. I'm just going to be honest with you. We need some money, and we're going to have a special offering on February 5th. And once you pray about it, what you can give over and above your regular offering, okay? Not, not just that's your offering today. I mean, but give you a regular offering and then do a special offering. You can mark it on the check. Uh, I think we're going to have a link on the webpage for, uh, for that if you want to pay it online. So I just, that, just hope that you guys um, do like I am. I'm going to pray about it, you know, and, you know, Am I getting a tax check? You know, has the Lord been good to me this year? You know, I really care about what the church is doing here. Um, I, I believe in our mission. Um, and just have some unity on that, that we're going we're gonna to all um, give. And um, I think that there's really no other way to show God that you, A, trust him, and B, that you're obedient to him, and that, and that you believe in his, his mission here. So I know God will take care of this church and this mission but I also know he works through us. So, so just join me in praying for that for February 5th, that we can get a big offering in here and get our, our um, reserves back up a little bit and uh, just keep the mission going. So I thank you for considering that. Um, going to communion now, I wanted to have a little a story that I, I read that I thought was really fun for communion. Doug, Doug was in the seventh grade when he first realized he was having problems with his vision. He was having to squint to see what was written on the blackboard, a sure sign he needed glasses. But he really didn't appreciate his need for them until he put them on for the first time. Before he put on his new prescription glasses, the assistant at the office said, look across the street. He did, and then she said, now put your glasses on and look across the street. He did and was amazed at how the parked cars were so much clearer. I remember when it happened to me, it was, it was the trees, you know. Before, there was just like globs of green on the trees, and all of a sudden, oh, there's actually leaves. So I remember that very well. Um, so he did, and he was amazed at how the parked car was so much clearer. He couldn't believe how poor his vision had been and how improved the glasses had made it. And communion gives us the opportunity each Lord's Day to refocus our spiritual vision it's not unlike the salve Jesus told the church at Laodicea they needed to acquire and apply to their eyes. That was in Revelation 3, 18. <clears throat> Things can happen in our daily lives during any given week, right? Personal problems and challenges, situations that loved ones or friends are dealing with, or sometimes just the world, the way the world seems to be going. Our focus wonders, wanders, not wonders, wanders from the Lord, from his presence with us and his promise to us in Scripture. It can require some serious squinting 
to see him amid all the distractions. When Jesus established communion as a memorial for his followers to observe, he said, do this in remembrance of me. A part of that is remembering that Jesus is still with us to the very end of the age, Matthew 28, 20. We cannot see that far into the future, but according to Paul, any time we partake of communion, we proclaim the Lord's death until he comes. When Christ returns, we will take our place at the wedding supper of the Lamb, which will be an even greater Lord's Supper. For now, the emblems of communion provide a way to carry out John the Baptist's, John the Baptist's command, look, the Lamb of God who takes away the sin of the world, John 1.29. So let's remember Jesus this morning. Pray with me. Father, we don't forget. Jesus, we just thank you for coming to earth. Thank you for willing to die for us when you could stop it with the bat of an eye. We just thank you so much. And we, we, we unite around that common um, goal, which is praising you and receiving your gift of salvation. We just thank you, thank you, thank you so much for everything you do for us. And let us not lose our vision for you this day or any day. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen.
if you're a life group leader, come on up real quick. If you're in the building uh, or not in the back, we'll dismiss the kids in just a minute. Um, every year uh, as we start the new season, this is our, um, we call this our winter and our spring season. Uh, we have uh, kind of a preview of what's going on at our church for groups that you can get into. Um, it is a it is my feeling that these groups are probably one of the most important things we do because they tend to shepherd, they tend to know a lot of the details that are going on in the, in the life blood of our church. Um, they, uh, each, each person that stands up here uh, probably has from 8 to 12 people under their, uh, you know, under their uh, care, and uh, they kind of watch out for and they teach and they go through stuff with them. And so it's been a, it's been a real blessing to have that. So... Uh, I'm going to let each one of them talk real shortly about their groups. And if you're not in a group, now's your time to say, I'd like to get in a group because the, most of them are starting uh, this week. There's a couple groups that will stagger and maybe start in March or something like that. But uh, right now, uh, this is what, we, uh, what we're going to be offering the next couple of weeks. So uh, go to one of the other of those things, I guess, Tom, and we'll let you guys talk. Is this on or do I have to yell? <laughs> Is it on? Yeah. Um, Monday night, my group, a ladies group, and we're done with that study. And well, almost, but February 6th at 6 here, we're doing Lisa Turkhurst, um, mm -hmm, Good Boundaries and Goodbyes. So it's supposed to be really killer. Auntie already started it accidentally and is halfway done with the book. And I'm so mad at her because now she knows and we don't. Anyway, Mondays, February 6th at 6 o'clock, ladies, good boundaries and good advice. Hello, we do um, ours on Sunday evenings at 6. We try to coordinate with youth group. So if you have kids in youth group, you can drop them off there and come to our house. Um, we will be starting February 5th. Um, I'm not sure what the topic is yet, but um, we have one more to finish from our last one, then we're going to start something new. Hello. I'm a representative of the group I am in. Um, I go to Whitney and Brad's and Kelsey and Adam's group. We all meet here on Wednesdays at 7 o'clock. Uh, we have child care provided by Leona Ward. Um, and we kind of do video discussion. We, I don't think we've really nailed down a topic we're going to talk about, but 7 o'clock, Wednesdays, child care provided here at the church. I'm Bob. I'm Rick. <laughs> so we have a group that meets in this little, um, it used to be called a cafe, but I'm not sure what we call it anymore. Uh, the little room that used to be the cafe. The little room that used to be the cafe. <laughs> So we were talking about what we were going to do next. Every Sunday morning, around 8.50-ish, we, we get in there. We try and get done about 9.45 so we can get donuts because we know that's important. And um, <clears throat> several weeks ago, I don't mean to take much time, but I want to tell the story. I was at my sister-in-law's church, my wife's twin, 
And for the several days prior to that, I've been praying, and I know Rick's been praying, and our other people, what are we going to do for this next round on Sunday morning? And I decided in my mind, I was like, I was up the night before about 3 o'clock, I was like, we need to go through the Bible in some way in, in less than a year. And I went to their church that morning because we were doing a family Christmas. And Rick's already done this study, but there's this book called The Story. Max Lucado and Randy Frazee put together this book that goes through the Bible in 31 weeks, which is about what time we have when you take out holidays and that type of thing. So what we're going to try and do is go through the Bible in 31 weeks in that room. Now, here's the deal. A lot of you have talked to me and said, I can't make it every week. I, it just doesn't work for my schedule. Well, I've got a sign-up sheet I'll put on a clipboard out there. Rick and I will be doing this together. He's already been through it once, so that'll make it easier. And every week, I will have an email that I will send out with the synopsis of the meeting and the question. And you'll be able to take the book, which I bought 16 of them in, in bulk, and they're going to be $8 a piece. They're normally $17 a piece, but I bought a big box of them, and we can get more. And if you can't make it every week, it's okay. I'll send an email out every week. And so by taking part in this, you will, in effect, in the period of a year, 31 weeks of that year, you'll go through the entire Bible. So that's kind of, and Rick may have some comments on what he's experienced last time. Well, I did the study. I was the facilitator for the study um, about seven years ago when this first came out. Um, it's really good. It's uh, give you, you're not going to go through verse by verse. It's a, basically a 50,000 foot view of each, uh, either each chapter or in sometimes uh, section of the Bible, and it, it gives you a real good overview of what's there, and that gives you more of an opportunity to want to delve deeper, to study more, to, you know, take your time uh, each day with the scriptures. So, anyway, it's a good study. Uh, the group I had, we enjoyed it. So, starting February 5th. sewing class. It's called Sewing for Jesus every Monday from 2 to 4, weather permitting. Now, if we have a blizzard, God forbid we do, we won't meet, but tomorrow from 2 to 4, you're going to see some of us here. Uh, ladies, this is supposed to be a wash rag. This is mine. I'm really pitiful at this. You don't have to know how to... Oh, this is crocheting. I almost said knitting. You don't have to know how to knit. You just have to be willing to learn. And everything can be taken apart with no problem. Thank, thank you, Jesus. Um, but if you're wanting to sew, knit, crochet, we'd love to see you. We even have um, one person was doing a project. She was hiding her Kleenexes in bins. So if you, I'm not saying who it is, but if you go to her house, and you need a Kleenex, you're going to have a hard time finding it because she did her Kleenexes all pretty. Another person in our group is having a little, she's doing a little, I don't know what kind of painting project it is, but it looks really cool. It reminds me, I'm going to tell my age, years ago of painting by numbers, but it's not really painting by numbers, but it was an awesome picture. So if you don't know how to knit, you don't know how to crochet, and you want to learn, come and see us. From on Mondays from 2 to 4, 
We don't judge. Honestly, we don't. Uh, we all learn, and um, we just have fun, and we like to be together. This is for any age group of ladies that want to come and join us. We'll see you tomorrow. My name's Brenda, and this um, year on our Wednesday night ladies Bible study at Pauline's house, we're going to do um, this book called Don't Give the Enemy a Seat at Your Table. And Brandy's small group on Sunday night just is finishing this up, I think, here soon. But it was just so good. Shelly gave it to me, and I um, looked it over, and it looks really good. It's about Psalm 23. So if you're free on Wednesday nights and you're a lady, come to Pauline's in Whiteland at 630 and join us for this. And finally, my group is a 55-plus group, and we meet on Thursday nights at 6 o'clock, and we start this Thursday night. Uh, it goes in conjunction with our 55-plus um, uh, activity group, I would call it. Uh, every month we go and we do something. This month, uh, we're having this Wednesday, we're having a get-together, uh, ham lunch, and then we're going to play bingo and then have a devotion. So if you would like to come to that, it's 12 to 3 this Wednesday. That's 55-plus. And then next month... We'll go to different, every month we do a different activity. Usually uh, we go travel. We do something outside the church. I think next month we're going to uh, Gray's, Gray's Cafeteria, and then we're going to go to a flea market. So kind of a, kind of a traveling group, but uh, it goes in conjunction with the group that I do on Thursday nights, 55 plus. We're doing the chosen Bible study from uh, the TV show. If you've heard the, uh, see that, I got the videos, and we're going to start out with season one. And we'll continue on until they go through the whole Bible. Uh, kids, go ahead and go. Go to your class. All right. There they go. Encourage you strongly to get in a life group. It's, I think it's, it's worth your time. Let's pray. Jesus, we love you. And as we talk about walking by faith, uh, help us um, to get in a groove. Help us to understand our place in that groove. And... Uh, God, just speak through me today and help me to figure out uh, what to say and what to shut up about. And I love you. I praise your name. Amen. I prayed this prayer this morning. Dear Lord, so far today, I've done everything right. I haven't gossiped. I haven't lost my temper. I haven't been greedy. I haven't been grumpy. I haven't been nasty. I haven't been selfish. I haven't been overindulgent. I haven't coveted my neighbor's a spouse or taking their name, your name in vain. I'm very thankful for that. But in a few minutes, God, I'm going to get out of bed. And uh, from then on, I know that everything that I'm going to encounter will need a lot of help from you. Amen. Amen. I didn't really pray that, but I smiled when I saw it. Because I think uh, it's kind of apropos for what we're going to talk about today. Christian life wouldn't be very hard if we stayed in bed all day long. Uh, it's a stuff that happens when we get up that gives us the trouble, right? It's the things that, that happen between the time I open the sheets and the time I close the sheets. We trust God for history. Uh, most of us uh, in this room say we trust the Bible. We say that we believe that the things that are written in the Bible are what God wanted us to have. And so we trust him for history. Uh, we trust him with eternity. We trust him that if we give him our life, uh, most of us in here would say, I have an assured, assuredness that I'm going to go live with Jesus forever in eternity. But most of us have trouble with the waking hours. 
Most of us have trouble trusting God with waking hours. This morning, I want to talk to you about the blessing of obedience, what it means to trust and obey, to have faith and obey, to have enough faith. Let me, let me re re reiterate that again. To have enough faith to actually obey, because that's the hard part. See, the, the, we, a lot of us have faith, but is our faith, is it enough to help us with our language and the thing, I'm really having some reverb here. Is it enough to help us with the things that come out of our mouth? Is it, is it enough to help us with the things we let into our eyes? Is it enough to help us with the actions or the attitudes that we do or don't do every day? Do we trust God and do we trust him fully? And that's what really we want to talk about today. Obedience isn't easy. Uh, it's perhaps, I should say, it's probably one of the most hardest things to practice that there is. It's a, it's a, it's a hard discipline to do, is to obey God. Uh, it, is, it, is, it is so hard to be consistent. It is so hard to do what we know is right. And there's so many reasons for that. I got a, I got a little thing here. I've, I've got some questions, if you go to the next one. Why, and I, I said, why does it hurt sometimes after we obey God? Or, and so the question is basically there, what happens when we do? Why do we hurt when we say, I'm going to obey God? I, I, okay, I do him, and I do the right thing, and it just kind of hurts a little bit because I think God is reminding us of these things. Number one, he brings us to the end of ourselves. We begin to understand that I'm not in charge. And so when I obey him, it, it makes me understand that I'm not in charge of everything, of my decisions, that I should give them to him. It's also a, a, to prevent pr pride, and pride comes so much in all of us. We don't like to ask for help. We want to have that, that, that thing that says, I can do this, I can get through it. And so we make the ch decision and we bull ourselves right through whatever it is we, what we're doing. And we get to the end of it, we find out that we've got pride, and, and it's a wrong kind of pride, the pride that, that goes before a fall, a pride that, that drops us off the edge of the cliff. And then we've got the, the it brings us to the, the fact that we know that we've got idols in our life, things that we, that we worship that aren't God. That's what an idol is. Anything that is more important than God, anything that you listen to, use more, go to, that's an idol. And all of us have idols. Scads of idols in our life. What? Yeah, we do. Because anything that comes before God is an idol. Why does it hurt after we obey? Because it deepens our understanding of his ways. And when we, when we, when we actually obey him and, and we do it, and it hurts and we go, oh, I now know what God, why he wanted me to go through that. That was a long process. Why did I have to go such uh, this long arduous process to get through that well it lets us know what God is in charge and his ways are more than ours and lastly so he can demonstrate his faithfulness because when we when we are obedient God loves to go here you go <laughs> and he gives you whatever he gives you he, he that's who he is that's how we are with our kids that's how when, when our kids do that we love heaping things on them look you did it great here's this Here's this. Take this. And so it does hurt when we obey. But there's reasons why we do it. 
So let's get in the meat of our, of our lesson today. Our lesson is found in Matthew 8, 5. You don't have to go there. I'm just going to kind of talk about the story because I think the premise of everything that we're going to talk about is, is enveloped in this story that we see in Romans, or in, uh, sorry, Matthew 8, 5. One day a Roman officer comes to Jesus. Jesus is teaching alongside the road. And he says to Jesus, I have a servant who's very ill, Jesus. And, and, and he's, he's paralyzed and he's suffering in bed. And Jesus said immediately, I'll go, to his, I'll go to your house and I'll heal him. I'll heal him. And the Roman centurion said, oh, Lord, you don't need to do that. No need for that. You see, I understand authority because I'm a, I'm a centurion. I understand what it means to obey. I understand this whole respect and authority issue. If you say it, I'll do it. I get it. I get it. And so I understand this trusting. I understand the obeying. And so he goes on and he says, When I give commands to my soldiers, whatever I ask them to do, they do. And if they don't do it, they got a problem with me. I make commands and they do it. So I understand all this. So you don't even need to come to my house, Jesus. Just don't even come to my house. Here's what I need you to do. Just speak the words. Speak the words. He's healed. And I, I trust you. I trust you. That's enough. No more. Don't have to come to the house. Don't have to knock on the door. Don't have to eat a meal with me. Just say the words. Okay. Jesus looked at the man. And he said, that's the greatest faith I've seen in all of Israel. Greatest faith I've ever seen in Israel. You don't need to see it. You just need to hear me speak it. That's the greatest faith. Why? Why is that the greatest faith? Because faith and obedience are interlocked. Faith and obedience go hand in hand. When you trust someone, you do what they say. When you trust someone, you go where they tell you to go. You do what they tell you to do. If you don't do what somebody tells you to do, you don't trust them because you're automatically thinking, I know better. I got a better way. My way will work. Your way is stupid. You're not saying that in your mind, but that's what goes on. I know better than you, God. And that's the way so many of us approach this trust and obey thing. God has linked faith and obedience, trust and obedience together. There was that old song that we used to sing when I was a youth pastor. Trust and obey, for there's no other way. You know, what's, what's the rest of it? To be happy in Jesus and to trust and obey. Taught that to kids. We don't teach that much anymore. We don't talk about it too much because it's, it's kind of hard to talk about because kids kind of have a hard time obeying today because they don't trust. Why should I listen to you, Mom? Why should I listen to my teacher? Every kid in my class says the teachers are stupid. Why should I listen to them? That's a dumb policy. Okay. See, obedience is the premise behind all the promises of God. God has all these promises lined up for us, his believers. Every one of them are for us, and they're ours to collect. But the premise behind that is this one simple thing 
that the church doesn't do very well anymore. We don't teach about obedience because nobody likes to hear about it. Nobody wants to talk about doing what God told them to do. I love it when, when he comes through. I love it when God does, you know, he does these miraculous things. He heals us and he takes care of us and he provides for us. I love all that stuff, but I don't like the obedience thing. Don't make me do that. You see, it, it, when God tells us to do something and you don't feel like it's right, you got to do it anyway. It doesn't matter what society says. It doesn't matter how much a society is doing the thing that, you're, that, that he's told you not to do. It doesn't matter how much society is doing it. Your friends, it doesn't matter how much they're doing it. It matters what God says and it matters for you to do what God said to do. So you got to trust God. God gives us these rules. He gives us these commands in his word, and they're not suggestions. Most times they're for your protection. Don't sleep with somebody until you get married. Why? It feels so good. Because you don't understand the damage you're going to do emotionally to yourself. Does he have to say that? No. But that's what happens. And then you, you end up with this whole bag of, of people that you've slept with. And you drag them with you through so much of your life. This one and this person and this person. Oh, you remember this person. And you don't have that, that special connection. Because God said you only are supposed to have one. One. And we've made it into many and many and many. He's not talking about me and that, is he? Is he? So here's the truth. We all balk at this idea of obedience. Uh, the concept of obedience is very, very simple, but very, very much humans, what we are, we don't like anybody telling me what to do. Don't tell me what to do. We don't like it. Be honest, right? Say yes. I, I don't like it. It, it just makes my, it, it furls the, the ruffles in everything that's within me. Today, we're, when somebody tells us to do something, it goes very, the, the very essence of being an American. Don't tell me what I can't, can't do, because I know what I can't. I have my inalienable rights. Okay, you do, maybe. Most of God's commands don't always make sense on the, on the uptake. Right when you go to, to do it, they, they just don't make sense. You've got to give up everything to get it all. What? you got to give up your life to get it. That doesn't make sense, but it does. you got to be little to be big. you got to serve to be great. What? It doesn't make sense. None of that makes sense in this world. So the world goes, heck to the no. I'm not listening to anything that that guy has to say. It's old. It's antiquated. It's out of date. It was for back then. It isn't for me today. I might like the part when maybe he says I can go to heaven. I'm into that. Okay, yay. But don't make me obey. Don't make me toe the line. So the big question then is, will I be blessed by obeying God when he has me do something that I don't understand? Have you ever had that happen? You know, God's asked you to do something and you don't understand why you're doing it. 
Everybody says you can do it. Everybody says it's all right. Everybody around me says it's okay. Will God still bless you? Will he bless you? And I think the answer is if you obey, yes, he will. He will bless you. God honors obedience. Let me say that again. God honors obedience. Your friends may not. (laughs) You may not like it. But God honors your obedience. So today I want to send you home with a couple actions. A couple actions to walk in faith. To walk by faith so that you can trust and you can obey. These are right out of the scriptures. So we're going to just nail them right to the wall and we're going to run right through them. Here we go. Number one. In faith, obey his word quickly. Obey his word quickly. If you hear it, do it. If you hear it, do it. Don't wait. I told you to clean your room, kid. Ah, mom. You see, it starts when we're young. Okay, the fourth time. I told you to clean your room, kid. Hello, mom. And then it it goes until we get adults. And then it's bigger and badder things. You see, God said, obey your your mother and your father. Oh, okay. But did he mean clean my room? And then just take it forward to where you are today. 55? You know, 59 is okay. I can, you know, I can, 59, I'm in a hurry and I'm late and I, I slept late and I watched too much TV or I couldn't sleep. So 59 is okay. 59 is good. So did God say to... Obey the speed limit? Yeah, obey the law of the land. But 59 is okay. 65 is okay in 55 if I don't get caught. Okay. There's a reason why God does it. Do it quickly. Do what he says. Look what, look what Psalms 119.32 says. I love David. David has so many cool things about obeying God. The one guy who had trouble obeying God gives us so many, so many pearls of wisdom. Here it is. Psalms says this. I will quickly obey your commands. Without delay, I hurry to obey your commands. Hey, Bathsheba, how you doing over there? Yeah, babe, look at you. See, we're all like that. But, but, I will hurry to obey your commands. I will hurry. Here's the thing. And this is where we all struggle a little bit emotionally. Immature people, immature people go by their feelings. Let that sink in for a second. If you're immature, you go by what you feel. Because if what you feel guides you, you know where you go? Most of the times, the wrong place. If you go by what you feel, you go to the wrong place. But we are guided by our feelings. And when we're guided by our feelings, we go places and do things we're not supposed to do. We cannot be guided by our feelings. But I love her. And my husband's a piece of crud. I don't like my husband. He treats me. So this person treats me so well. So I'll go over here. Test the waters over here. Oh, oh it's so nice. Until it isn't. Immature people go by their feelings. That's why God continues to to challenge us to grow up. Grow up in your faith. Grow up in your faith. 
What do you do? You do the right thing. The feelings will come later. But I don't love him. Go against your feelings. Go always against your feelings. Push hard against whatever feelings you have. Number two. Here's another action. In, in faith, obey him completely. Obey God, not just hurriedly, and do it now. Do it completely, not just little parts. Take the part that you like and use it and infuse it into your life. Oh, this works for me. Oh, this doesn't work for me. I don't like this part, so whoosh, push that out of, the, out of the way. That part of the Bible, don't want it. Get rid of it. Psalms 119.4, David again. Lord says, Lord, you gave your orders to be obeyed completely. <laughs> Look what James 4.11. Your job is not to decide whether God's law is right or wrong, but to, but to act it out. You're not on that committee that gets to decide the rules. You're not on that, on that, on that group, that focus group that says this is what's right or wrong. You... One more time, your job is not to decide whether God's law is right or wrong, but your job is to act it out. That's it. Act it out. Act it out. God's standard of right and wrong has never changed. Never will. He says, I am the same today, tomorrow, and will be forever and ever and ever, no matter what the world says. No matter what the world says, he never changes. And number two, God has a, a bigger view than you ever thought possible. He sees everything. He sees things that we don't see. So when we go to, to do this, this decision that's going to affect our life, and we go forward to, to do it, we go, oh, this looks so good. It looks so great. It feels so right. Oh, wonderful. This is great. See, God sees the thousand-yard view. He sees the 10-mile the view. He sees the 100-mile view. He sees the part where you're going to fall flat on your face. And you don't. And that's why you have to obey completely. Completely. See, the oldest temptation in the, on the books is not lying. The oldest temptation on the books is to doubt God's word. It's to doubt God's word. Did God really say that? Eve's in the, in the garden. <laughs> Don't touch the tree. Don't go to the tree. Did, 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 does he really mean that? Satan says. Well, you know, he comes, oh, come on, Eve. He just, he just if, you, if you eat it, it something good's going to happen. Okay. Okay, sounds good. I'll do it. Stop letting Satan mess you up with the little things of life. Some of us have got to start caring about the details more than we do. I grew up so good, but I grew up missing a lot of the details of life because I'm a big picture guy. I told you this a million times. I, can, I just want to go right to the big picture. What is the big picture? Here's the big issue. But God is a God of details. He is a God of little in things that, that just to most of us don't matter. But it's that way for a purpose. The little things matter. 
that you tend to your heart. The little things matter that you tend to your garden, to your spiritual garden. The little things matter that what you allow to come into your eyes, what you allow to come into your ears, what you allow to go into your mouth. The little things matter. They matter. God is a God of detail. Love is when you say, I'll do it your way when you want it done, no matter what. Let me say that again. Love was when you say, I'll do it the way that you want it done, God. You ever try to do that with your spouse? Oh, I'm going to love you so well. And you, you, your spouse's language of love is not things. And you buy them, oh, here's this, honey, here's this. Yeah, that was nice, thanks. But really, I just need you to spend time. See, love is when you listen. You listen and you completely comply. And say, I'll, it's not me, but I'll do it because it's you. And see, God gave us these spouses that we have to understand that because that's who, who he is with us. That's who he is with us. The little things, they matter. And then one day you wake up and you go, oh man, what happened to me? What happened to us? What happened to our family? This family that we had great plans and, and great thoughts for. And all of a sudden our family is just splintered and all over the What? What, what, what? Faith is, honey, I'll do it your way. Faith is God. I'll do it your way, even though I don't like it. Even though I don't understand, I'll do it your way. Faith is trusting God with the details of life and saying, God, I don't like it, but I'll do it. I didn't say drag your feet. It's okay to say, God, I don't like this, but I'm going to step out in faith. God, I don't like this, but I'm going to trust you. Proverbs 3, 5, I think I had that there. If I didn't get it, yeah. Trust God from where? The bottom of your heart. The very bottom of your heart. Trust him from the bottom of your heart. That is the hardest thing to do. Some of you are doing it, and you're doing all right with it. Some of you are failing miserably. Trust God from the bottom of your heart. But Jeff, I... I understand. If I, see, you're asking me to do things that are out of my... That doesn't feel comfortable. That doesn't feel like I'm in control. <laughs> right? You're not. You're not in control. And if you think you are, you're wrong. You, we've talked about this till I can throw up. You are always never, never, never in control. Talked about it at the very end last week. You know, you get in your car. You, you, many of you came in, in your car and you... You, despite the snow and despite it being slick out, you acted against it. Some of you could break a hip. Somebody could, could have come out here and, and fell on the ice. But you know what? You acted and you came anyway. Now, I'm not saying that's right. I'm, not right. I'm just saying you, you made a choice. You made a choice. Jesus is saying to us today, church, if you trust me in the details... If you're faithful with the little things, the big things come. Why should God give you the big things if you're not taking care of the little things? 
He said that time and time again. Here's the little things. Do right with them. Do right with them. And the big things will come. The big things will happen. But Jeff, no big things are happening in my life. Maybe you need to go back and look at the little things. Are you tithing? <laughs> well, that, that's not for everybody. <laughs> that, that's, just, that's just for, you know, the people that got money. Or the people that, no, are, are, are you reading the Bible? No, no, that's not for me. Yeah, I don't like to read. I hate to read. So do I. You pick your poison. You pick the thing that God has called you, that has asked you to do, and you're not doing it. And you know you're not doing it. Whatever it is. Whatever it is, you pick it. You pick it. Thirdly, I went a little long in number two, sorry. Thirdly, in faith, obey joyfully. You do it joyfully. I talked about last week, don't go dragging your feet. Don't, I don't want to do this. I don't want to do this. Find some joy in saying, God, I trust you. And in the process, as I go through this process, I trust that you're going to be there with me. I think it says this, three of them, obey him gladly. I enjoy obeying your commands. I find pleasure in obeying your commands. David, 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 David. Jesus said, if you love me, keep my commands. If you love me, do what I say. If you love me, do what I say. If you love me, do what I say. That's it. If you love me, do what I say. Jeff, stop repeating. That's how we prove our love. You don't prove it by going to church. <laughs> you don't prove it by tithing. You don't prove it by worshiping. All those things are part of it, but what you prove it is by movement, by action, by moving forward, not being where you were last year, not being and doing what you were doing 10 years ago, doing the same silly stuff, having the same obtrusive thoughts, take your mind over day after day, having the same unforgiveness in your heart, I will not forgive. I will not. They hurt me. What in the world are you doing? Lastly, in faith, obey him regardless. Obey him regardless of what's going on. Regardless whether he's acting or regardless whether you see results, you obey him because he has a plan for you. See, life is not a 100-meter dash. Life is a marathon for most of us. Some of us, our lives are cut short, others and others. I understand that. But for the most part, life is long, and it's arduous, and it's hard, and it's uphill. And there, there's days where you want, don't want to get out of bed because you know when you get out of bed, you're going to really, really mess it up. You know that it's going to be harsh. You know that. But you do it regardless. What Psalms uh, 119 says this, I'm determined to obey you till you die. So here's how we close our lesson today. Here's the, here's the decision I want you to make. I always like to have you make a decision. Here's the decision I want you to wrestle with during ministry time today when the band comes here in just a minute. Have you made that decision that you're going to obey him till the day you die? 
And are you going to obey him the ways that we talked about that the Bible shows us to do? Joyfully, completely. Are you, going to, are you going to do that? Or have you made that choice? Because if you haven't made that choice, when the decision comes for you not to trust him, for you not to obey him, you're going to go, eh, did he really mean me? This girl is beautiful, man. Come on, God. She likes me. She's into me. Come on, God. But what, you know, my parents are old-fashioned, that thing... You, you, didn't, you want me to be happy, don't you, God? See, you've got to make that decision. You've got to make that decision. I have decided. I have decided that I'm going to do it. Listen, I did Anthony Hanley's funeral this last week. It was here. Anthony was in my life for 30 years, part of a couple churches that I was a part of. 57 years old, woke up one day and died healthy man, army guy, still in the National Guard until just about a year ago when he got injured. He just fell over and died. And he didn't know he was going to die. He didn't know it. He just went to bed one night and the next day he's faced with eternity. Anthony started out really well. I don't know how he ended. That's not up to me. That's not my I lost track of him in the last seven, eight years. I know, I know he loved he loved God. But you've got to make that determination that in your life, in your life that you live, the, the, whatever it is you got, whatever God gives you, that you're going to do what God asks you to do. So I ask you today one more time, have you made that decision that you're going to obey God until the day you die? I don't know what Anthony did. I don't know. I know that, that he was faithful for a long time. I know he loved Jesus at one point. I don't know now. I, I'm, not, I'm not here to argue that. I'm not here to, to do any of that. I, I just want to talk to the, the choir today. And you're the choir. You're the ones that still have life. You're the ones that still have breath. And I want to say to you, have you made that decision to say, I'm going to obey him till the day I die? So here's how we close one more time. What has God been telling you to do and you're not doing? What has God been asking you to do and you're not doing? He tells you to love the unlovely. Yeah, I don't know. They don't deserve it. They're, you know, those... I, you know, I hear this once in a while. Once in a while, not everybody. And it's not from you guys as much as I do from people on the outside. But, you know, I go, to, I go past the Johnson County Interchurch Food Pantry down there, and there's a lot of nice-looking cars in that line down there. Woo! Man, there's some Escalade, and there's some beautiful... What are they doing down there getting food? I don't know. They're there getting food. It's not my job to judge. It's not your job to judge. It's our job to love those that are hard to love. Jeff, you don't, you don't have my in-laws. <laughs> you don't know my in-laws, how hard they are, how harsh they are, how mean they are, how bad they are to me, how, how, how totally unforgiving they are. Time and time again, Jesus says, get involved in the body of Christ. 
some preacher stands up and says, we need you to do this. We need you to be in a small group. We, not, not because for us, but for you. Somebody says, I need you. Wade stands up and says, I need you to give your money, tithe. Oh, no, I can't. You understand the economy, it's bad. It's gonna, something's going to happen, and i gotta, I got to hold on to that. That's not for me. That part in the Bible's not for me. You got to stop saying that, church. You got to stop saying that. God wants to work in your life. He wants to work through your life today. Let's pray. Let's see what God does during the during our ministry time. The band comes. God, you've told us to do a lot of things. You've uh, challenged us before in this form. You've challenged us at our own personal level. And God, we look in the mirror and we go, that's not for us sometimes. And sometimes we look in the mirror and we go, yeah, that's for me. <clears throat> I, got, I pray, God, that you'll just help us all to look in the mirror today and to see you and your son standing there in love challenging us to be who you would ask us to be. Help us to do what you're asking us to do. Help us to trust. Help us to obey. Pray these things in Jesus' name. Amen. Matthew 7, 21 says this. Not all people who sound religious are really godly. Listen, not all people who sound religious are really godly. They may refer to me as Lord, but they will not enter heaven. They will not enter heaven. That's Jesus talking. And I think the, the issue is, is, is obedience there. It's obedience. Of course, the obedience the first time, the obedience of giving him your life, of making him the master and the complete boss of who you are, but there's also the day-to-day -day walk, the relationship that says, today I trust you, God. I trust you enough to do what you've asked me to do, even though it doesn't feel right. Even though it doesn't feel good, I'm going to do it. Right where you are. See what God will do in your life your sphere to change your world thank you God draw me close to you Take your place to feel the 
Trust and act. Trust and act. That's what obedience is, action. Trust and act. If you're here today and you need uh, someone to pray with you, we have some folks in the back that will be glad to pray with you. A little extra help never hurts. Or you can go to our war room and you you can do that any uh, time on your own. Uh, Kelsey has some things to say and then Abby, and uh, we're out of here. All right. Hello, everybody. Um, I am going to just quickly talk about the marriage retreat that is coming up in February. Uh, The date is February 25th, and we are inviting all married couples to come. We are going to be down at the um, Brown County Inn. It's kind of going to be our home base, and we are not, in the day, is not included in overnight. It's just a one-day event. We're going to start at 1 o'clock and end 8.30-ish. But we do encourage you, if you're interested in spending the night down at the Brown County Inn or anywhere, uh, that would be incredible. But Um, Our theme, what we've kind of decided is my forever date, Um, and the idea we're going to have like a little prom at the end of the night. For some of us who didn't get to go with our significant, you know, our our husbands or our wives to the prom, um, this is like your forever date, your opportunity. So um, it's not just dancing, I promise. There's going to be games, and um, we're going to be having a speaker come, and um, we're super excited, him and his wife. Um, Dr. Uh, I don't know if he's a doctor, but he is a counselor, Mark Goins. Um, him and his wife are going to be doing two sessions, and then afterwards there's going to be like some exercises. We're going to go out to eat, and I just encourage you guys um, to come and be encouraged and um, to be challenged maybe a little bit, um, but also just to enjoy the day with your spouse. More details are going to be coming, but I just mark the, the day in your calendar. If you're interested, come see me or Brandy or uh, Jeff after church. It's February 25th. So more information to come. We're really excited about it.
Good morning, Impact Christian Church. My name is Abby Lucas, and I just have a few announcements about what is going on here at ICC. Everybody falls sometimes. Gotta find the strength to rise. On February 4th, we're going to be hosting a Euchre Night here at the church, so please make sure you get signed up at the welcome desk. If you are in the 55 plus group, this Wednesday you guys are going to be having a lunch here at the church. Ham is going to be provided, but please make sure you bring a side and dessert to share. Tonight, youth group is starting, but it is going to be weather permitting, so please look out from a text from Whitney to see if group is going to continue or be postponed till next week. This week, a lot of life groups are kicking off this week, so please make sure you get signed up for one. To see a list of all the life groups that are happening, it is on the back of the January newsletter. Pizza sales are currently happening for upcoming missions trips, so please make sure you find someone to buy a pizza from, and all sales are due on February 5th. Please make sure you stop by the Creations Cafe today and pick up an ICC mug. Well, ICC, that is all the news I have for you. I hope you have a blessed and awesome week, and we'll see you next Miracles week. Just happen. the clouds kings and kingdoms will bow down and every chain will break his broken hearts declare his praise for who can stop the lord Thank you so much for joining us today here at Impact Christian Church. We're glad that you are part of our service. We invite you to come back next week as we head along straight into this new year. Uh, what a joy it is to, to come into your house, your home, uh, through this medium, and we're, we're so thankful for that and for you. 
Uh, we ask if you can meet with us in person, come and join us as we do life together here at Impact each week. Uh, they, these are such uncertain times, the times of where people have so many questions and fear that just seems to uh, go through all of our of our, our minds and our, our lives. And so we believe that the church is the answer. We believe the Bible is God's uh, compass for us as a, as a group and as, a, as people to say, uh, follow us as we follow Jesus. So join us in that in that quest as we come together each week. God bless you. Have a great day.